Welcome to Confessions from a Dental Lab. This show is all about bringing you into the lab, beneath the surface, so you can see things, hear things, and understand things right from the source. Learn from longtime ceramists, dentists, and lab techs, both young and old. Without further ado, let's begin. Welcome back to Confessions from a Dental Lab. My name is KJ Eichset. I'm the brand manager at New Art Dental Laboratory, and I'm here with the owner, Frank Heiser. Frank, how you doing? I'm doing very well, KJ. Thanks. Thank you for joining us, Frank. Dentists all over, thank you for joining us. If you're in the dental world or listening to this podcast, we appreciate you. And even if you're not in the dental world and you know are just kind of interested in the subject, we appreciate everyone who's listening. And uh, we have a topic today that we think is very relevant that a lot of people tend to overlook or ignore. And it may sometimes cause friction. It may sometimes cause, you know, small fires. And we think it's very important to just kind of have a conversation about it. And that is communication with a dental lab, whether it be a dental lab communicating with dentists, whether it be dentists communicating with the dental lab, and kind of just like both of those viewpoints and how we can make that as streamlined and as simple and as seamless and easy as possible. Uh, So Frank, I guess just to start the conversation, like we'll talk a little bit of a broad viewpoint and then we'll hone in on a little more of these focus points. Like... The year is 2022. You've been working in uh, dental labs for over two decades. You know, how has communication changed over the years? Like, how did it used to be? And like, what is it like on a day-to-day basis now? Sure. Yeah. The, the amount of information that we're all receiving on a daily basis is huge. And I think that's just accelerated over time and exponentially. And so uh, whether it's, it's the amount of emails that we're, we're getting, uh, we, we all have a lot that we have to navigate, uh, you know, every single day. And, uh, you know, unfortunately, what that does is it, it forces us to be a little too efficient with communications at times. Mm-hmm. And so um, I, I find myself falling into that trap. Uh, and when I, I, I got to be honest, uh, our biggest failures in the laboratory have all been uh, due to a lack of communication, whether it's internally or externally. Um, it, you know, when I, when I look back over the years and I see, you know, a case that this went totally sideways, an expectation that wasn't met, uh, you know, wasn't even in, in the ballpark, it all could have been resolved by better communication. And yeah. so it, it's, a, it's a really good reminder to reflect on the communication, both internally and externally, uh, to make sure that we're, uh, you know, putting all our effort uh, towards improving that process learning from things uh, that didn't work uh, well in the past. And so, yeah, it's an extremely important part of what we do and and definitely a key to any case succeeding in the laboratory. I think one of the the main things you you mentioned right there is is that something may have gone wrong because of a breakdown in communication. And it's like, whether it's the dental lab field or whether it's other fields, the good news is, is that communication is something that we can control. So we can you know, circumvent problems, we can alleviate problems, we can solve them before they happen, just by communicating effectively. So so I'm really happy to talk about this today. Uh, You know, back when you first started, I imagine it was a lot of written communication, a lot of mail. Was there a little bit of email? Uh, yeah, there was a little little email, but not not very commonly used. Uh, yeah, it was mostly written on the uh, prescription form, and then a lot of uh, phone calls. Uh, really, quite phone a few calls. phone calls, which were were always great, and we we definitely forged a lot of long time relationships 
through those phone calls. Uh, um, but uh, there's only so much you can write on on a, a prescription, yeah. and uh, you know a, a complicated case can easily turn into a four or five page uh, script, uh, whereas. A phone call can eliminate a lot of that unnecessary writing or you know over complicated instructions and uh, uh, you know the nice thing about the phone call is it's a two-way thing where it, you know a dentist can present the information and I can question in real time you know uh, hey is, is this what you mean by that and I'll almost like repeat what what's being said to me to make sure that uh, yeah I'm understanding uh, it, you know what's uh, what's being specified, and and so that's uh, a real uh, benefit to that two-way uh, communication. But as time goes on, uh, I mean, really, we're doing a lot uh, uh, via text. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, certainly not disclosing anything you know personal uh, on there. You know, because we definitely have to uh, respect some privacy. Uh, you know, and, and some compliance there. Uh, but it's hard to, you know, argue with the efficiency of texting, of messaging, you know, via Instagram, uh, any of those other mediums where we're rapidly able to get information into your hands and vice versa into ours as we're working on the case in real time. Yeah. And uh, a lot of times that's the difference, you know, between being able to deliver on a case and not, uh, you know, because you hate to uh, try to make a judgment call where it's something you can go one way or another. And uh, to really have that input from the clinician is is awesome. It's really something that we rely on heavily every single day. And having that level of access, uh, uh, the dentists that make themselves available for that, we try to be very respectful of your time because we know, uh, you know, certainly uh, you may have a patient in a chair and, and try to work around that. Uh, but, uh, boy, when, when a decision needs to be made and sometimes, uh, you know, it gets close to that, uh, uh turnaround, you know, uh, time or affecting that turnaround time, that information needs to get into our technicians hands immediately. Yeah. I think, I mean, you know, if, if there's some younger, uh, dentists in training, listen, listening to this, if there's some, maybe, dentists who are in the millennial age range who are listening to this like that's a common theme we've talked about with a lot of dentists is like emails are great but they're you know phone calls really just go the extra mile and they're oftentimes more efficient than emails and they they take a lot of the uh you just like the the room for interpretation away kind of like you said you're able to ask questions and then confirm things right on the phone it's almost like it reminds me of if you're like buying or selling a house or you're buying and selling a car, like you can have information in email. It might be very, very, very sensitive information that could be a huge deal. And so oftentimes, like what might take 30 to 40 minutes to, to word appropriately in an email could, could be solved in like a two to three minute phone call. And it often leaves you feeling better in terms of just a peace of mind perspective. So like you mentioned phone call, you mentioned like written prescription, uh, there's emails, there's text messaging, there's you know, I know we'd use images on Dropbox to help match shades and stuff like that. There's Instagram. Are there any other kind of mediums that you're seeing that we haven't really touched on yet? No, that really covers most of them. And uh, really, I I think the, you know, certainly getting on a call like a FaceTime call or something like that is valuable. You get to, you know, kind of interact a, a little better short of, of coming into the lab in person. And, you know, we're coming off of, 
you know, the whole COVID period where, where we didn't really get to see a, a lot of clinicians in person. Mm. And we're starting to see more and more of that. That always helps communication. Our doors are always open here at the lab, you know, uh, to, to be able to meet and go over something complex. You, you sure can't beat that experience, you know, just yeah. coming over models in hand, <laughs> uh, going over bullet point, what are the concerns, almost like uh, brainstorming together. And uh, that's, that's really been a huge opportunity for growth for myself and some of the other technicians involved. And uh, so that's, that's very, very rewarding. I will say, you know, early on, uh, as I was working as a ceramist, there were some situations where, you know, the lack of communication really left me very frustrated. And I'm just going to be very honest about one case in particular. Yeah. Um, you know, I was doing a, a cosmetic case uh, and I put a lot into it. Uh, and there wasn't a whole lot of information. It was maybe a basic shade, uh, you know, and noting the teeth numbers, a, a signature. Um, you know, not uh, probably the materials on there, but not a whole lot else. And so I did what I thought was the appropriate, you know, look, uh, contour, uh, for this patient. But there again, I didn't really have a whole lot else to confirmation. Go off of. I was just yeah. kind of, you know, using my own creativity to come up with something that I felt was very, uh, beautiful and, and aesthetically appealing. Uh, so I, I worked all these uh, beautiful effects into this case, uh, some nice mammalon structures, some areas of, of some blue translucency, uh, a nice halo, uh, and just some real nice details and accents to it. I was very, very proud of the case, and, and, and I thought it, it turned out very nice. Turns out that uh, somebody in the lab actually knew the person, and it was the person doing the quality control at the time. Yeah. And and they knew the patient in in question. It was just a, a, a you know just something that totally coincidental. Yeah. It rarely happens. Yeah. Uh, but he he came back to me. Uh, I did a case that had some very nice uh, embrasures. Uh, very rounded, uh, you know, laterals, and and uh, what I felt was was beautiful. He he said this guy is he's like a sailor type, you know. He's he's like just very man's man, and this isn't gonna fit his personality. Like you got to redo this whole case. And, and Could use that info earlier. I, I was just furious. Yeah, I, I was just furious. Here I poured like my heart and soul, and and you don't want to be like this difficult artist type but at the end of the day that that love for what you do and that uh, i don't know infusion of of your own craft. aesthetic and yeah. your craft is what ultimately makes you successful with that That's kind true. of work um and so to be receiving that information on the back end while it when the case was all done just made me so angry yeah and I, I didn't even want to work on the case anymore yeah. I'm like well, you know I did that case uh, of course it's not the right attitude and we we deal with and react to all the information we get but I got to tell you the the way that case turned out you know grinding into all those you know the mam the mammalons were not no longer like exactly where they should have been the halo's gone and we're working to kind of just flatten everything out and make it look worn. And, and granted, at the end of the day, it was something that was probably more appropriate for that okay. patient. And so the critique was a valid one, yeah. ended up being valid. 
but I, I didn't have a chance to really hit that target. And, and I'm very mm. confident that we as technicians, you know, we're capable of, of hitting, you know, very specific targets, but we have to know what that target is. And, and so commun- a little more communication in that, uh, you know, uh, just a photo of the guy yeah. would have helped me, you know, would have informed me. You know, I, like, I think hey, this is who this guy is. I'm going to make something fitting. I I I just really want to thank you for sharing that story and just opening up about that because that is a great example of just how, you know, 250 plus years of combined experience among the leaders here at Newart, like we can do whatever the, the, the dentist, the doctor, the patient is looking for, but it's oftentimes like we need that target or we need that goal to, to do that, you know, and, and kind of align the vision. And it's like, that's something where, you know, it wasn't right on how they wanted it right away, but we ended up making it right. And it could have been alleviated in the future just via more communication. I'm sure that was like a learning opportunity. So it's like kind of takeaways for me, and then maybe you can add something is, is what are some ways to avoid like that particular situation? As, as you know, I think Frank mentioned it. If you're able to go to your local dental lab and actually stop in, that's probably money in terms of just saving time, saving frustration, making sure your big important cases are done right, making sure every case is done how you want them and according to your preferences. Uh, but in, in addition, if you're not able to just go in uh, to the lab, you know, that's not always the a luxury that everyone is given. If maybe you're sending across the country, you're sending over a state or two, which is very common these days. I know we certainly do it. Uh, you know, even just like checking communication, like maybe a uh, a phone call somewhere throughout the process and, and and what you said kind of like visuals as well um so it's like you know from a lab perspective from a dentalist perspective is there anything you would add and then i want to talk about a little bit how it how communication might vary by department within the dental lab so so i think just in a general sense like like a frank frank heiser had to offer up a few best tips you know maybe takeaways yep. for yep. I guess going back to that experience, that 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 experience and others like it have informed you know the rest of my career, and and I, I'm I'm working very uh, diligently with the team here at the lab to try to standardize the communication, and and if we don't have certain pieces of information, it is our responsibility to ask those questions and yeah. not just blindly go forward with things. And so uh, we're all in this together. We, we are a team. And uh, uh, sometimes, I mean, sometimes we don't know necessarily what we're looking for until we put a rough draft out there. You know, sometimes the patients don't know exactly what they want. But we have workflows, uh, you know, to, to help uh, facilitate that, whether it be going through the diagnostic wax up, then uh, temporizing a, a patient uh, based on that wax up, having that conversation, but relaying that to the lab. And, and certainly, you know, you mentioned the long distance uh, communication, KJ, and uh, certainly, uh, you know, a real detailed prescription. We're currently working on some prescriptions, uh, you know, in the near future that uh, we're going to be launching that'll help, uh, you know, almost like guide uh, what those critical pieces of information are to uh, do these types of uh, cosmetic cases, uh, you know, with a, a higher chance of success and and uh, being able to meet the most demanding uh, patients' demands and, and coming out with a win for all of us, saving time ultimately yeah. and coming out with a better product product one that's not uh 
overly worked or reworked, uh, but uh, really just hitting that target from the get-go, that's ultimately what's going to get us the highest quality, the freshest, most natural-looking uh, results. And so I, I firmly believe in that, and that's a lot of what I spend my day trying to achieve here at the lab. Yeah. Um, it, it's really fascinating because as we're talking about all this, it's making me mm-hmm. think about, I don't normally think about how, you know, like virtualization affects this particular industry, but I can totally understand that before there is the metaverse, there's going to be what's called the omniverse, which is kind of like those digitizations out of Iron Man, like in front of us. And I I can kind of see that being a big part of this industry in the coming years where a dentist is maybe, there's already so much scanning, you know, a dentist is able to scan something and then maybe you'll have a device at your desk or the bench where that can literally project it and you two could have like a quick combo. I, I don't know, that might be far off, that might be shorter than off than yeah. we think, but yeah, that might be, be an application. Sooner, sooner than we think, yeah. Because that's like a problem where we're just, you know, talking about how could we best solve this. And, and Frank, that, that brings to like a vague, uh, not a vague question, like a, like a big, broad question is a better word. It's like if you're a dental lab and you might not, or excuse me, if you're a dentist, right, and you have a practice or you're just starting a practice or you, you have some clients and you're looking to always make them happy, and you might not be, you know, satisfied with your current lab, or you might be looking to approach a new lab, and you really just want to get, get, you know, kind of eliminate that get to know you time and really just hit the ground running. Like, what advice would you give a dentist trying a new lab to really just like, make that communication process a home run? Absolutely. Yeah. I think whatever pain points you have, uh, you know, because there there's some that we know are, are are kind of across the board but every you know particular clinician kind of has those things that you know really are aligned that just cannot be crossed and so the the more upfront we are with that stuff the better chance we're going to have of you know not having to go through that awkward process of okay let's lighten up the contacts you know they're they're, you know you're you're not having a smooth insert experience your patients aren't experiencing that what do we need to do to to get closer to that and i think a lot of times it's just that upfront communication hey i'm going to try you guys out um these are you know these are the the problems that i'm having these are the problems i'm looking to alleviate yep. and we can put all our firepower uh behind those and make sure uh that you have the, the very experience that you're looking for uh otherwise we're going to we're going to give you what we feel in our experience which is extensive uh yeah. you know tends to be the best uh, for for you know an easy workflow a good insert smooth situation but that's not always uh, you know it's not a one size fits all solution everybody kind of has their own little things some some people want to adjust the proximal contacts and get those just right by hand uh, some people don't want to adjust anything want them to just uh, you know drop in and and though you know at times we we luck out and we can hit that um, the reality of it is, 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 you know, every situation is a little bit different, but the more we know about what you're looking for and, and what that target is for you, the better chance we will always have of hitting it. Yeah. And I think, uh, just thinking about like the A, B scenarios of any new dentist, like either you're going to a small lab or a, or a singular individual who's very, very, very well-rounded like yourself, who could take something from point A to, to point Z um and and they can communicate all that with you a dentist would have to share 
every little detail that they would want. But if they're going to a lab that's full service, that has specialists, you know, something like Newart, um, that also has people who can take it A to Z, but also people in these roles that are very specialized, like, you know, they would want to give as much information as they could because going back to earlier, like we can hit that target, but we need to have a good idea of what that target is. So I think like no matter what a dentist would be, uh, which way they would be approaching, whether they're looking for the smaller lab or whether they're looking for the full service, bigger lab, it's like in the beginning is a time to really, I think, overshare. And Absolutely. whether that's a, whether that's even a phone call, like maybe, yeah, I think that's someone it's like talking about like reducing headaches later. I think just maybe, yeah. Would you recommend like one big phone call in the beginning, yeah. just getting getting it all on the table almost? Or? Yeah, one good phone call, uh, definitely, uh, you know, making sure to take the time to fill out a, a good detailed preference sheet, which, uh, you know, we'll, we'll send out to you. Uh, that covers, you know, a lot of the basics that are, are, are just going to make that whole initial process much smoother. So, so Frank, another follow-up question is like, let's say a lab has different departments, which many of them do. You know, for example, Newark. We have several departments here. Uh, does it does the communication preferences like do do the tendencies seem to vary by departments? And and if so, is there any advice you would give dentists listening, or uh, you know staff members listening, or, or whoever might be listening who could apply this information? Is there any advice you might give them in terms of communicating effectively? to a certain department that that might not be for another or, or might really work well at a one department that might be more applicable in that department than another perhaps yeah that's a that's a very good point and and definitely i mean internally the communication is is pretty critical what we try to have is is limited points of communication coming into the lab uh, you know, where really you should have a select few uh, people uh, that you communicate with. And mm-hmm. then it's up to us to make sure that, uh, you know, whoever's hands it gets into within the laboratory, that we're able to deliver, you know, that consistent quality that you're used to. And so um, really it, it's, it's a complicated and kind of like a vague question where we try to note any specifics that you may be looking for, uh, but then it's up to, uh, you know, the, the teams and uh, we have, you know, pretty, uh, you know, disciplined structure within the laboratory that helps uh, support that. Uh, and, and we're not the smallest lab around. We're actually a fairly decent sized one. And so that, that communication, that understanding, uh, you know, going through the laboratory is extremely important. And so the clearer that that communication is, uh, the better chance that that uh, uh, case is, is going to go through the lab successfully. Um, you know, one, one thing that is kind of interesting, like the more complicated the case, uh, the likelihood of that landing in, in more experienced technicians' hands is just really, uh, it's kind of the nature of how it happens. So it makes so much sense. Yeah. So if you want to give yourself like an instant upgrade in the quality of your dental lab work, just give us a ton of information and it's going to get into, uh, the best technicians' hands. Yeah. You know, it's almost like think about like an engineer or something that at a, like a, you know, modern company trying, there's like every company's got issues. They've, they've all got issues that they need to solve, but it's like some of these things are often more complex than others. So they put the best people on those. And, and the same thing can be said at a, you know, a dental lab is the more information you can provide, the more tools you, you give to reach that objective and get the desired result. 
I guess like you're you know you're, you've been doing ceramics for a long long time and that's a very important part of just this whole world of smiles and I know a lot of dentists appreciate a good ceramist so it's like talking about just the ceramics department for one sec what's like one thing like simple one thing that you absolutely love to get in uh, good communication when talking about ceramics that can really give you confidence that you're going to nail that yeah absolutely um you know really just uh, reference photos for uh being able to achieve a proper shade are are you know invaluable and and you could write a whole script a page long script and and not give us the value that you will with that one photo so okay. from an efficiency standpoint I mean, that's that's really the best way to communicate. And what we need for a, a shade photo to be valuable is, is just a few uh, select criteria. You, you can get extremely, extremely scientific about it and, and basically write a whole book about the topic. But at the end of the day, what we need is, is you know, a shade tab or several shade tabs, the ones that you feel are closest uh, to the tooth on the same plane uh, as, you know, basically the way you're photographing it. If you have the shade tab out facially or, or in the oral cavity a little uh, further in than, than, you know, the same exact uh, plane as, as the teeth we're targeting, that uh, accuracy of the photograph goes uh, way down. And so if we get it on that same plane, it, it can be an extremely accurate situation hmm. where our ceramists can decipher that information. And the tab doesn't have to be an exact match, but the fact that it's on that plane, um, it gives us some real, uh, a really good reference point where, where we can make those subtle adjustments and really increase our chances of getting your patient a, a, a decent match. So from a ceramist standpoint, uh, you know, a good uh, shade matching photo is invaluable pictures with a thousand words you yep. heard that before uh any other advice you would maybe say across other departments or you know is there maybe like a theme you could offer just as like an action item yeah absolutely those same photos uh you know that a ceramist may use for the shade actually you know help all areas because uh, really what we the ceramists of today are not what ceramists were before for, you know, we really have technically what what once were ceramics in our design room. You know, they're coming up oftentimes with what our final form is going to be, and so it's really important for all areas. Uh, you know, we have a really robust design team. They deal with aesthetic uh, issues and, and and you know making cosmetic decisions. Uh, just as much as our ceramics do and and so um, it's really important that they receive a lot of the similar information we we really try to nail into some really strict parameters as far as like tooth length uh, golden proportion you know over jet over bite if we have all of those uh, you know where we're placing the midline what our horizontal is we have all the information we need to to accomplish those cases successfully you throw on top of that just a few stylistic things and and really that target is is a very narrow narrow one that we are really really able to hit and so whether it's our design team whether it's the ceramics at the end of the process just putting on the final uh, touches uh, whether it's our, our fitting team, you know, who sits there and, and, and you know, 
scrutinizing over each margin and, and uh, you know, make sure that uh, the proximal contacts are adjusted just right. Uh, the whole team works together uh, to, to accomplish the beautiful cases that we send out every day. You know, man, it's, it's funny because the more we talk about this, it's almost reminded me of something where you order something off Amazon or you order something, whether it's from Ikea or, or wherever, and there's two types of scenarios. There's one scenario where you get appropriate directions, and there's another scenario where the directions are like, you know, one tiny slip, and you're like, okay, well, now I'm going to have to put this together. So you can still achieve that end result, but it's always more welcome when you get just detailed directions. And uh, yeah, thank you for sharing that. Um, I think one other theme that I'm hearing is it's just important to, to talk to your dental lab. And, and even more important than talking to them is, is if you're able, just go in and stop in your lab and, and talk to your department heads, you know, talk to who's working on your stuff, establish that relationship, you know, make it so you guys can call each other without you know, feeling like you're, you're annoying them or they're annoying you or, or, you know, should I, should I mention this or should I just assume that they understand it? Like, I think it's always good to just have like the, the phrase, like, keep the lines open, you know, keep the lines open. And if you're able to go and stop in your, your local dental lab and, and, uh, basically, you know, get a feel for the people that are working on your stuff, I would recommend that, you know, whether it's here, whether it's at a different lab, Frank, any final thoughts on just like effective communication between dentists and their labs? Yeah, you really just can't ever communicate enough. And, uh, as much our, as possible. Yeah, yeah. We're here. We're available. We'll make ourselves available. We do field a lot of calls. Uh, you know, it's always it breaks our heart when we're unable to, you know, either answer a call because we're on another one. But barring that, uh, we're here for you. Uh, and we have a lot of people available for that. We are receptive. We are very receptive to as many phone calls, as, m- as much information as you want to give us. And uh, yeah, I just want to thank everybody for listening. Frank, I want to thank you for you know giving some more insight on a, a key, key uh, element of this whole process in terms of dentists being successful, patients being happy, us being happy and working with all these dentists. And until next time, everybody, we'll talk to you soon. Thank you for listening to this episode of Confessions from a Dental Lab. If you'd like to contact the show, simply send us an email at dentallabpodcast at gmail.com. You can also get in touch with us at life at newartdental on Instagram. Thank you for listening once again. We're on Apple Podcasts. We're on Spotify. Make sure to subscribe and tell a friend. And until next time, we're out.